Hi everyone, I'm Madeline Park, stylist and vintage fashion hound. I believe everything has a story, whether it be clothes or the people that wear them. For the opening season of 2021, I bring together stories of hope and positive change and have partnered with innovative florist Little Flowers with the idea that flowers offer us a beauty that naturally gives joy and are a potent symbol of change and development. Like Little Flowers, season four of Style Stories aims to put more smiles on more faces more often. Today, I'm chatting with mother-daughter duo Alyssa Jane Cook and Georgia Mae Davis, affectionately known as AJ and GM, respectively. Mother and daughter alike, these blonde bombshells have graced our TV screens to become beloved household names. AJ is known from almost every iconic Australian TV program a 90s teenager <coughs> could attest to watching, including a country practice, Home and Away and East Street. And while GM has taken a strong stride in her mother's footsteps, appearing in Young Talent Time at the tender age of 10 and is about to dive into Netflix notoriety, it's AJ's mum they've both taken their style cues from, proving that style leaves a legacy. What's more fitting for Mother's Day than an interview with these two lovely ladies who celebrate a combined love of career, fashion and family? Whatever your relationship to this day is, I hope it's an opportunity for you to celebrate any nurturing woman in your life and the legacies they leave behind. I've given AJ a touch of Kim Day Night Glam by styling her classic blazer jeans combo with some oversized 90s earrings. And as I've been styling GM for a while, I instinctively knew that Ina Pelly singlet and vintage Versace pants from my collection would fit her like a glove. I hope you can sit back, relax, and enjoy listening to Alyssa Jane and Georgia May's stories. So lovely to have you both here. <laughs> um, but AJ, let's start with you. Okay. And um, I'm the older one after all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, respect. <laughs> I'm the mother, by the way, everyone, if you don't know. <laughs> GM is the daughter. Yes. I think it's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> no, because this is, this is voices, Georgia May. They oh, may not sure. know. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I read that you were born in Papua New Guinea. Is that right? Yes, I was. 1967. What What was going on and you were... Um, it was a pretty idyllic life, born there. Uh, my mother had married my dad quite young uh, and they had skedaddled off to... He'd already been living in Papua New Guinea and he said, I'm going to take you to Papua New Guinea and we're going to make some money. <laughs> and she went, okay. And off they went. And uh, the story of my birth was pretty full on. It was in Nonga Hospital and Dad wasn't allowed to watch. So he went down to the yacht club and had a few drinks with the guys. Good one, Dad. Um, <laughs> and Mum just had some Indigenous nurses. She said they were amazing, help her through what she recalls as a pretty traumatic birth. But I don't know, maybe that adds to the flavour of the personality, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And we had a pretty idyllic life in Papua New Guinea. Um, the biggest joy for me living there was when my little sister came along and that was five years later. But, was um, it just the two of you? Yes, like, just, two just the two of us, yeah. yes. And what, did you, what was your dad doing over there? He, make he was working for an electrical company right. and uh, it was, I mean, it was very, very new days to be living as a family in a country like that. And uh, I, I think there's some sort of um, PSD from 
living with what you would call a, a native kind of culture in terms of I don't really like being in a house on my own, have to lock up, I'm the locker of the house, I'm the security right. guard. Yeah. So little things like that. But So that was fun growing up. It, but it was fun. <laughs> in the daytime it was fun. Um, and it, it's a tropical island. Yeah. So you just – So was it a very – when you say it was idyllic, it was very free, very yes. liberal. Yeah. 60s, yeah. 70s, yeah. you know, the clothes. And in fact, you may think that some of the fashionista – uh, styling that GM loves comes from me, mm. but in fact, I think it actually comes from her grandmother. Her mom. Yeah, I've, I've heard that she's a very stylish woman. Oh my gosh! Well, <laughs> she used to be a blonde one day and a brunette the next, right. and she had on rotation about ten different <laughs> wigs. Yes, and about and she would make all her own clothes. Um, it, one day it'd be the massive flared yellow pant. Uh, with a floral crop top with a ciggy hanging that out. That sounds the perfect for today. She should, <laughs> yeah, should be wearing exactly. that outfit. <laughs> so I do think a lot of Georgia May's influence in that way did come from her grandmother and even her father to some degree. Um, in terms of your sense of creativity though, yes. like was being in that setting, was that a, a really creative outlet or upbringing, yeah. just being in that kind of free Absolutely. island Absolutely. life? Absolutely. And, and mum... Mum was studying art. She was a ballerina. Uh, she'd always had this very free kind of spirit about her, but she was also a doer. Yeah. Um, so a, a very go-getter kind of businesswoman in her own right. And um, watching her have all of this amazing style with jewellery and shoes, and, I mean, it was the platform shoes, and I'd get into her dressing room and try on all the shoes, and they were honestly probably, you know, about this, I don't know what that is in inches, 10 centimetres tall. Yeah. And you just have the best time. She'd make all of our clothes and our costumes and she was just very creative in that way and I definitely, you know, it came, came out in me. Um, but I always thought I was going to be a model. Right. Well, <laughs> always. Shame, the height just wasn't there <laughs> for you. The, no. the looks were certainly there. So. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, no, so Papua New Guinea was an incredibly, I think I feel it like it was a gift, Yeah. you know, for us. Um, but it was still we, – we got out of there when independence about 1975 was uh, coming to the fore. Yeah. And uh, moving to Australia, it was like, oh, what planet have we landed on? Mm. Right. Because we'd never seen a television. Right. Yeah. How and yet, ironic. I know. That's bizarre. So, because you, like Georgia May, have mm. been on TV since you were pretty young. You Were were you about 14 when you, you started? You started in the business of trying to get a job at about 14. Mum, mm. mum, 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 right. mum, I want to be an agency. Mum, I want to be an agency. She told me that story the other day. <laughs> and I think it took about two years, landed my first gig, Sons and Daughters, one yes. line, Peter Phelps, the hottest guy on TV at the time. <laughs> I, was, I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't talk. Well, I, we'll get to the bath scene with Marcus Graham <laughs> later. Um, right. But, yeah, you have worked with some very attractive Australian men that in my mm. young teenage years yeah, were definitely um, <laughs> on the hot list. Um, <laughs> but you did become an Australian icon, you know, quite young. You were mm. on Sons and Daughters, A Country Practice, Home and Away, all of these, you know, there was no social media. So mm. in terms of fame in that era mm. of our Australian upbringing, like they were the real pinnacle yeah. places to um, be known and, and you became this yes. like gorgeous Australian girl that, that we all came to know and love. Mm. Um, Sweet, thank you. Uh, that, that happened though when you were a teenager so I wonder how did that 
help you or affect you forming your sense of identity when you were so mm. visible at such a young age? Good question. Um, I definitely feel like I I was always desperate just to act and I think George May is the same. You just want to be acting. Mm. And that was a that was either a perk or a curse in a way. Mm. And you I mean all of this I mean I, the photo shoots that was because then I was I was a model but I wasn't a model. Um, and <laughs> so I was allowed to be the model I always wanted to be but yeah. I was something else. Uh, so all of that was an amazing, you know, um, add-on to the life of acting. But I still loved going to the studio mm. and being immersed in a, in a character or a mm. scene. Given that, like, the wholesomeness of the shows that you kind of were on, yeah. did you feel a pressure, especially as a young girl, like before you were in your 20s, mm. to kind of pertain to a girl next door, like the girl yes. next door that you Be a role were? Model. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how I thought, did that affect mm. how you represented yourself? Um, I think I always felt like I had to really own that responsibility. Mm. And particularly with storylines, you'd know this when you're doing characters. I had a lot of heavy storylines. Lisa yes. Bennett was introduced, her first few scenes were her being a survivor of rape. Yeah. And it was a pretty intense. I'd always been able to do intense roles, but they were coming pretty full on in that show. So it was quite exhausting. But again, mm. I still immersed myself in it. So the responsibility was to get it right. You know, mm. try and give the right message. And I still feel a little bit like that today. You know, if you're upon a pedestal of some kind, you really have some kind of responsibility to try and um, send the right messages, yeah. I guess. Um, and I, I've tried to instill that in the girls. I mean, acting is acting. It's a, it's, a, it's a story that you're telling. So we can all tell lots of different stories and they have to be told. Uh, but I think it, it was a big weight to bear but it was such good writing yeah. through the, um, the Forest Redlick group of writers mm. that we – I think we were gifted and we were able to manage it through really, really – and it's very difficult for young people these days with social media but we just had a crew of people that were almost managing us outside of our manager or agent managing us, our publicity agent – the Channel 10 publicity department, the production company, and so they were able to kind of steer us in the right directions. So you kind of you, – you did have people kind of looking out for you because those storylines as well, at the time they probably weren't really being done anywhere else on prime time, right? Like no. it's uh, – I think that's what made the show so exciting. Even though it was so short-lived, yeah. Um, yeah. it was so compelling. It was so progressive like yeah. in terms of the content mm. and like – the actual themes you were talking about, it was so beyond its time. I mean, it could come back now. Yes. And oh, I really, I really wish it would. <laughs> Let's put it out there <laughs> to, to the world Well, the Tony Perrin has just been um, on Celebrity Get Me she Out has. of Here, I reckon. Super well. a, it's definitely a revamp yeah, coming for yeah, sure. Yeah, an East, East Street ideas, Renaissance. <laughs> Um, but obviously that role was kind of probably the role where you transitioned more from that kind of good girl to something that was a bit more elusive and mm. sexy and risque. Mm. And so for those who don't know, the bath scene between you as Lisa and Wheels, mm. Marcus Graham as Wheels, was like considered one of the hottest, like sexiest primetime yeah. uh, like scenes um 
at that time. Yeah, it's big for us too. But you would have only been, what, how old? About 20? I, was at, I think I was 19. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Maybe, well, when maybe I think, close to 20. Yeah. When I think of GM now, like, know. you know, I just think, wow, that that's young and you like for you to take that on. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I feel like when I look back to that time, I kind of – I associate you with more um, like – in terms of how you looked, like a, a sexy, a sexy girl next door, you know, yes. a girl that was taking and risks. that's exactly what they wanted what, it to be. And yeah. do you think that was who you were? Um, I've never thought of myself as sexy, um, but the girl next door thing, yes. And I think that the, I mean, that's nice if someone thinks that because what is sexy? Everyone can be sexy in their own way. Mm. Um, but I think definitely in that scene you had to bring it, oh, you know. And you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was with Marcus. And again, they were very, they were very considerate of the environment. The production company closed mm. the set. Um, we had to have serious um, wardrobe checks about what we were covering and what we were exposing. Um, you know, the guy who was in charge of the bubbles, the bubble master, <laughs> he had to put the bubbles in the right place. So we were very well taken care of and I think that's the most important thing um, that, that I'd like to say about that scene is it came across as, the, as what it needed to be, mm. which was, you know, us making love in a bath or yeah. going in that direction. And, but, you know, I felt safe. Yeah. And that's a really, really important mm. thing yeah. as an actor yeah. to make sure that you, you, can, you can do the job that you have to do and feel like you're safe in that environment that you're doing it in. Yeah. By all accounts, you seem to have um, a level of, I don't know if it's rebellion or if it comes from the freedom of your <laughs> island upbringing, yeah. but especially in those years, um, like a little bit of Lisa Bennett seemed to kind of carry with you because you took on all of these quite risque roles subsequently, like Rocky Horror Picture Show, yeah. Vagina Monologues mm. and then Host of Sex Life. Um, she even did a stint on, I think it was when I was growing up and home and away and your character, mm. was she not a victim of domestic yes. violence to some degree? So I remember watching mum with full-on bruises and like full-on SFX makeup where she had been like physically hurt. Mm. And I remember asking dad, I was like, oh, my God, what has happened to mum? I just couldn't understand, obviously, the divide between real life and fake. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you've always played and done quite full-on roles. Mm. I don't think I've seen you do anything that's, like, <laughs> really yeah. happy yeah. and <laughs> light. All characters with depth. Yeah. Really so cool you've been attracted to, I guess, a sense of gritty. Yeah. What, what's that about for you? I've or also been it? attracted to Elizabethan or something like that, but it's never come my way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I maybe it is just that sense of I've, I think I've got a face that, and I'm not I'm not make, saying this about myself, but people have said you've got a pretty face, which you do. Uh, yes, <laughs> that thank you, and yeah. I should I should take that as a compliment. Um, I think you mean people feel a sense of like warmth or that you have an inviting open face. face. Yeah, where you yes. know people on the street or people we meet will just confide in mum or just tell her these things she doesn't yeah. really ask for or 
actually I, I want like to know. I I mean, I don't know if it's just because I'm so close to GM, but like, you know, when I'm having a bad day, I feel like I just want to come to your kitchen and Aww. have something to eat and you have can, a cuddle. <laughs> I feel the Bring same the about you over. though. I feel the same about you. Yeah. You, you have an incredible yeah. um, warmth and openness and mm. prettiness about you too, but I guess you've, you've got some gritty stories that you yeah, can Yeah, I certainly yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> But but is it because She's you not like an angel? Uh-huh. Now Just we're getting to it. We're going to reverse this interview. Aren't we? No, we're not. <laughs> um, but is it you liked that sense of contrast in both your work and your style? Just I think to, so. I, yeah. like, not not through any um, desire. Like I wasn't seeking it out. It wasn't my trajectory. Mm. It just always ended up being that maybe that was the challenge was to, you know, sit in an audition room. And the auditions back in the day, I think it's harder for the girls now because you don't even get to sit in front of a director. Mm. We got to sit in front of a director and he was able to see... Wait, like, the director? Often, yeah. Wow. Like, see how George May's moving her foot right now? He would pick up on something like that. If you were doing a character portrayal of someone who was perhaps anxious or nervous, you might be scratching your leg or, you know, flicking your finger like that. I remember that was for a country practice audition. And it was little little things like that. The, the director said, wow, that really, you really owned that character. You figured out what she was mm. in the audition mm. and took it to a place where... I didn't even know we could go. Yeah. So maybe it was just the challenge of this face didn't suit what the character portrayal was going to be. Yeah. Um, but now I think I'm overthinking it and I would just go to the <laughs> casting that my agent sent me to. <laughs> so you, you, you get what you get. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you get booked on. Yeah. yeah. I'm really you gritty now. <laughs> you, you've said that you obviously had an idyllic... Like childhood, mm. um, but you, you know, when I look at you guys, I think you've you've had you've created an idyllic family life for yourself. Aww. This gorgeous husband that adores you, and three genetically <laughs> blessed <laughs> children. Oh, it's it's absolutely not. <laughs> um, uh, and you know, the dogs and the beachside living. Yeah. Um, and I know that We're for you, lucky. being a mum was never a sacrifice. It was always mm-hmm. something that you you absolutely wanted. Yeah. How did when you became a mum? I often ask this question, but did it? Do you feel like it changed you in a way that you represented yourself, or how, was it? A, was even though you had the desire there, was it different to what you expected? Well, I got pregnant while I was doing a show called um, Funniest People. Oh, yeah. And I was working with Andrew Jaddo at the time and I was probably one of very few women who'd been pregnant on TV. Mm. And we were getting a lot of pushback from not just um, – well, the, net, the network were fine with it. They were amazing, actually, uh, from, from people, you know, people who didn't like the idea of a pregnant woman being on TV. So even in, even in the, the growth of this amazing person next to me, um, there was the challenge to sort of break down some of those barriers of, hang on a second – this is the most beautiful thing that can happen you to a woman. You guys are very unfortunate because it's never going to happen to you. Mm. Um, so for any of the women out there who feel like this is – have a little think about that because that could be you one day or maybe you've already been through it. And for the guys out there who don't think it's attractive, well, how do you think you got here? So it was it, – even in that sort of situation where – GM was being grown. There was a lot of maybe that's why she's the feisty, and yet also very soft 
centered person that she is mm. is that she was getting a lot of the no you know you got to push on you got to make sure that you stay true to who you are and, and so I was on camera in the womb is that you what were. you're saying yes. oh right. god I was you were a very pretty bump <laughs> <laughs> and um, a, a, a famous before you <laughs> even knew yourself that's it, that's it. <laughs> uh, and I think the challenge maybe came for me um after I'd had George May yeah. because uh, – and this is where, you know, for a woman uh, the challenge of what happens to your body, you know this, I know this, George May still to, to go through this <laughs> Has stage. no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that going to be fun? <laughs> we'll um, be picking up the pieces I think. <laughs> well, and hopefully by then it, it, it won't – although I still think even when you go, look, it doesn't matter what I look like, you still do get slightly concerned about it. Uh, and that's what happened to me yeah. is I got – concerned about it because we live in a world of you know what what does our image say or our body or our face say about who we are and you you were very public yeah yeah, your job was to be a face an appearance a front like you worked on tv so more than any other industry every little bit of you was probably inspected scrutinized yeah under the microscope and it was the only way i earned an income yeah so it wasn't like i could turn around and go and write a book yeah i mean i could have but I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> but it, again, like maybe now that's that's an avenue. But at that time, the, those weren't the kind of natural kind no. of ways to pursue your sense of identity in that public yes, form. Mm. Exactly. So in the personal form, though, you yes. get a lot of nicknames at home. Oh, I do. You get AJ, Ajax, and um, Jackie Chan and Jackie and Kath and Kath. That's Kath, the new so one. Kath is Who's, the new one. Okay. So but Kath is based off... Yeah. <laughs> sorry to cut you off. No, tell me. No, um, <laughs> Kath and Kim. Yes. I just think mum, the, the character of Kath, Danaite, is... And that is a compliment to me. Yeah, <laughs> is literally Alyssa Jane I Cook. It. It's just the way she behaves. And I think it's just a mum thing, perhaps me just looking at mum going, oh, it's mum again. <laughs> Is there the big earrings that like you're wearing big earrings today? Is there some Love. style kind of like relationship to Kat? <laughs> well, look at Kat. She's classic eighties, nineties. Yeah. I She's got a cool jacket. style. Look a bit more quirky than what mum's into, but definitely the print choices of Kath. Sometimes your print choices, I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of print going on. <laughs> Dad says the same thing. I'm like, get over flongs. She's been waiting very patiently. She has. Yeah. I think we've been talking about <laughs> For the light. Um, (laughs) So obviously, GM, you were famous before you even left the womb. But not famous. I I know from our um, you know, our chats that you kind of came out singing and dancing and performing. Yeah. Do you do you feel like she came out of the womb like that? Or do you feel, GM, that you were just you kind of idolized your mum and would taking her footsteps on early. It was definitely, mum's influence was definitely something that was spoken about in the household, like just the conversations at dinner were not the usual kind of chats after school, you know, like mum would come home from set or there'd be this line or scripts around the house. So I think for me, I was around it, but the passion really did come from myself. And I think mum has said that so many times that it was always me dragging her or me saying, let's go to dance class or come on, let's go, let's go. Mm. And I think I always say as a joke now, I wish I had like a stage mom who was like, 
pushed me into it but perhaps her taking a step back and having been in the industry and seen the ups and downs perhaps made me work harder and pushed me forward more because Mm. I didn't have a mum holding my hand and that's why I still love it as opposed to probably hating it Mm. if you'd forced me to do it as a child. Yeah. I wanted to do singing lessons from seven and no one would take on a child at seven to do singing lessons and then we happened to find um, a good friend I think you were nearly eight by then who would take on an eight-year-old to do singing lessons because they just said, well, their voice, it's just you, you did the Australian Girls Choir. Yeah. Um, they were they were sort of taking – and then it wasn't until we met Simon and he said, I'll take her on myself, mm. do private classes. Choir seemed to be fine but private classes seemed to be a different thing. And so it was that kind of determination. She's been singing since she was able <laughs> to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been bossing since she's been able to walk. <laughs> uh, and I think she bosses me too. It's all right. That's why we love her. She bosses me in the right way, um, in a Davis way, which is what her father does. He right. knows how to control. AJ, he can boss her, but he doesn't. I just help her. you, like, Mum. Those jeans are disgusting. Try something else. Yeah, we can always rely on you for <laughs> some direct <laughs> feedback. That, yes, <laughs> yeah. Disgusting, <laughs> helpful. <laughs> I get it too, babe. <laughs> Find another pair of pants. <laughs> You're much better nowadays. Yeah, it's, look, it's my but approach to diplomacy is going to be kicked in. A bit more. I do appreciate your <laughs> advice, though. As do I. I think I don't think in the last five years either of us have necessarily purchased anything without each other's okay. Yeah, literally, <laughs> even if it's fifty dollars Zara top. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, but GM, knowing you and knowing like the styles that you like, we both kind of have an attraction to the kind of. Feminine yeah. and the girly, you know, white broderie anglais, and it, mm. you know, we we do kind of pull to the same type of pieces. Do you think, like your mum, being because you were so visible at such a young age, being mm. on TV at ten years old, do you feel like you had that need to be the good girl kind of thing that has attracted to you to those kind of more childlike feminine pieces? It's weird because in work, I feel like I'm always trying to give this more gritty and grungy kind of appearance or vibe because perhaps my face and way of dressing is so feminine and girly. Mm -hmm. Um, But similar to mum's characters and roles, they're the roles that I would like to be in because I feel like it's such a juxtaposition between my everyday life. but I just love lace and broderie anglais and anything white linen and any shoe that's in the countryside with flowers and boots and that's just my – that's just why we get along. Like I've got lots of pieces where I, I wish that I was more brave to perhaps wear and I think it is because we're in this weird age of social media or yes. constantly on camera or – Anything I post or do I know might have an effect on, say, an audition or a job mm. or a, pretend, a potential gig. So it's like this constant – Even for Instagram. Even for like, Instagram. Yeah, it's like yeah. if you do something too sexy, okay, cool, and that cancels out that role. So now it's become this whole other thing where to take a risk as opposed to mum just doing a magazine shoot. It was cool. But you saw her walking down the street and she wasn't wearing a vinyl bustier. No. So now yeah. it's a bit – Everything you do is documented and observed. Yeah. And I feel like my style, sometimes I do get too reserved. But I feel like you now, which is different to your mum, maybe it's not that different, Mm. but you have a pressure being 
I know that you don't necessarily want to be considered this, but I know you're an actress first yeah. and foremost, but you're also an influencer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that means that you have to create a brand around mm. yourself. Yeah. I mean, you've made that work, but there is a you, – you, so whilst you do have that prettiness, like you're not afraid to show off your body and mm. I kind of – when we talk about that, attribute that to you in terms of just totally. instilling such a strong sense of body confidence in not mm. just GM but Ruby, your other daughter. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, as I said, that they are both genetically blessed <laughs> girls. But um, – and I know, like, uh, being fit and active is part of yeah. how you guys live your life and, like, Gary's a big part of yes. that with his daughters. Mm. But um, – <laughs> one of the things that always happened with Disney is that tell. Um, yes, do tell. well GM does have like what I'm trying to get to with you is that there is an inherent uh, sexiness that's not necessarily a conscious kind of outwardness oh. mm-hmm. that I could put her in shorts and a t-shirt yeah. and there was still a kind of conversation about you know yes. it's a bit it's a bit much mm. and I think it's – honestly, I do think it's her confidence in the way that she carries herself yes. that yeah. she wasn't necessarily wearing anything that no. was any different no. to the other Anyone girls. Else, yeah. But I don't know if that's because you grew up faster um, being on TV mm. at such a young age or just because you've uh, been able to manage such a, a strong sense of confidence in your girls. We've always battled with – with is that I do have a much younger looking face yeah yes. whereas I am I'm not going to say my age because it might affect jobs but um you know I'm I can just google it well though. I don't know okay so I'm mid-20s now yeah, so yeah. that's kind of where my style wants to be or perhaps I'm ready to do something sexy yet I still look 16 and mm. go for roles that you know I went for a role the other day that was 14 and they eventually came back and said look she does look older than 14 and I was like yeah try you know 11 plus years yeah. older than that yeah. um but I think growing up mum was always super like you know every time I'd be like oh I'm just unhappy she'd always instill that you know you are beautiful and you should be really happy with the way you look now because you know when you get older and she was always super supportive about what we wear. Mm. Um, and yeah. So, yeah, I definitely think, you know, not like you shouldn't be wearing – he was always like, no, wear that or you look great. Or if I took a photo in a bikini or something and I, you know, wanted to post it, I'd be like, Dad, is this too much? And I know that mm. sounds strange but I would genuinely ask his opinion because of, you know, men or you, people – You trust his male gaze totally. on it. Yeah. And he yeah. would say, no, that looks like something out of a Sea Folly magazine or something, mm. you know, like a shoot or I've seen that in Vogue once before. So he was very much – sort of always like focused on embracing what you have as opposed to dulling everything back having two daughters I think yeah and, and also you. yes I think I think he's adored your mum for so long and supported you you know yeah. I mean I know you have a mutually very supportive relationship mm. but um well he you was know. a model once he'll tell you <laughs> oh, he will tell you <laughs> you know when I was modeling in Milan he said as a joke which he did for about he five seconds did. so in a funny kind of a way I think 
um, because people have always said, oh, did you ever, you know, date an actor? And I, and I kind of said, well, no, not really because I'd met Gaz. Uh, but he kind of had a sense of what was going on and I think that's where that perspective comes into. Yeah. yeah. You've got quite a good, like I love what you said then, a male gaze but also mm. an, idea, an eye for editorial and, you know. Used and to being in the business. Like he gets you yeah. have to do certain things or certain shoots or exactly. GM. Yeah. One of the things that I, like, you know, it, as I said, you had a reputation that preceded you <laughs> in terms of like your fussiness oh, for fashion. Wasn't that bad. Oh, no, but getting to know you, obviously, we're not at all. You, at, at such a young age, you, you know, we met what, about five years ago. Yeah. And mm. for me, you've always kind of um, shown the utmost professionalism, especially on set. So mm. even if you didn't always love what. I was putting you in. You never let it interfere with yeah. your sense of what you were there to do. Um, and it's so nice for me to watch you and, and <laughs> kind of celebrate you and see that, like, you know, all your hard work is um, now amalgamating into a Netflix series. So you've yeah. just finished filming in Queensland. What mm. do you think this means for you and, and do you think it's going to shift your sense of style at all, this new role? Um. In terms of shifting style, I definitely feel more confident in wetsuits and in <laughs> wet looks and in no makeup on camera because I was playing 16 and we never, we literally did not wear makeup. Purely the fact that it was, you know, 38 degrees, humidity was at 99%, we were in and out of the water, goggles. So you really did just have to be confident in your skin and just sort of be like, whatever, I'm here to do a job. And it was such an awesome job. And it was nice in the sense that I just, all of that like selfish stuff about yourself on camera, I just completely forgot about. Mm. So it really was for me acting in its purest form um, where you are just in the moment Um, but from a career perspective look any job's great to have as another credit and to be able to work with you know a super collaborative bunch of creatives but I'm not hoping for anything ridiculous I just want to keep getting some more gigs would be awesome you know like that's the goal I just want to work with talented people yeah 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 and I never ever for a minute doubted it ever Oh, and nor have I because she has a sense of tenacity. As you said, coming out of the womb, she's got a sense of tenacity and Mm. resilience. And I think the other thing that you've instilled in her is – is that resilience in an industry that is very hard going, you know, um, that you know how to not get your hopes up Mm. but pick up the pieces and move on if something doesn't work out but also just you've always been committed to to what what it is because it's your passion. I just think you can't work your whole life and work so hard and love something so much and be so committed for so long with so little return and not get to the place you eventually want to get to within this industry. And, like, everyone I speak to who, you know, is doing well or has gotten great gigs, it's all the same story. It's literally just the fake it till you make it and the not giving up thing. Like, Mm. there's so many actors out there who just give up after a period of time when, for me, I'm like, well, you were just on the cusp or... Yeah. Why they don't, or they don't adjust. They don't adjust and, with the times and as I, well. I think that's the other thing that I've tried always to say to GM. Like it's not just one – it is one path mm. but there are lots of little streets, if you like, or lots of little lanes that are going to come off that path. And, you know, she's she's got the capacity to 
you know, own her own production company and 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 definitely make her own path. Yeah. Um, she's she's got such foresight when it comes to. She's also very capable when it comes to IT and technical stuff, which is a gift. Yeah. As as a as a creative to mm. to be able to understand the computer world and how to make your own films <laughs> and or shoot you know shoot your own commercials all yeah. of that and and I think that's one of the big things too that came out of from the Netflix um big honchos was that a lot of the time what George May had to do on that show was hold a camera and get everyone or herself and the rest oh. of the, the background in shot without having the sun coming through the lens and onto yeah. it. My character had a YouTube channel. So she right. she very much commanded sort of um, where the actual audience would be viewing things because she was holding a GoPro. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I'd have like 30 crew people behind this GoPro sort of saying, we need this, 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 this. And I was like in my head, okay, I'm just an actor. But now I've got to think about the sound, the actual background, like the angle of the camera, how the guy in post is going to chop it together so mm. that it doesn't have the land in the shot because it was supposed to be out in the middle of the sea. So I know what you're saying where you do have to adjust and now it's like I could go out and shoot my own film and, you know, all of a sudden that's another job and, you know, more acting chops and it's definitely yeah. a strange time. Where but again, in. I think that comes back down to that thing that is required now is like you have to be like a jack of all trades so many things yeah so last question ladies um obviously we talked about your mum aj Mm. at the beginning uh one of the questions i always ask everyone is like when you're your mum's age Mm. you know how do you think you'll be dressing so i'll address that question to you guys will it be like your mum (laughs) <laughs> or what is the Me? aspiration? You, you okay. and then GM. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Mum has her own style these days. She lives. In, <coughs> pardon me. She lives in Queensland, so it's all. I've I've just said to it, all has to be naturals, Mum. Yeah. It cannot be a piece of polyester <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, maybe in your undergarments, and that's about all. Right. Um, but possibly. Not so much. I think I'm still going to... One of the things I've recognised over the last few weeks is that I need to love the body I'm in Mm. a lot more than I have been. Yeah. And uh, that's awesome. But I also have to learn, and I may be asking you for your professional advice, how to dress (laughs) that body Mm. as I get older and Mm. things change. (laughs) And GM, you at at 70, head to toe Chanel tweed suits? I've joked about the head to toe (laughs) Chanel tweed suit. Look, it's a bit, it's definitely a bit classic, but um, I love when you see grandmothers who really put that effort in and have all their jewels that, you know, are from the 60s. And and my great-grandmother, so mum's grandma, um, who I called Pillow, she, until her last day, would always carry her jewels with her and had the most unbelievable collection of clothes. And I definitely want to never have a cupboard of a you know, amazing clothes that are just sitting there. I would love to be the grandmother at a soccer game with some Chanel bag I've had for 50 years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I would love to be that grandmother. Well, you're already building your collection of handbags, I know. <laughs> yeah, hardened. 
Hard earned. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much for coming here today Aww, and sharing nice. your style stories all together. Love <laughs> style. Uh, and we do love the CC. <laughs> we both love the CC, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, she's the fave. Um, and oh. happy Mother's Day to you, thank AJ. You, yeah, thank you, Thank Day. you. Not for me, I hope. Go to Matt's. <laughs> Alyssa Jane Cook and Georgia Mae Davis have both grown up performing in the spotlight. So when it comes to style, both mother and daughter are well-versed in how to put their best foot forward. And whilst both AJ and GM have lived up to the girl next door image their good looks have prescribed for them, professionally and personally they've desired to break free from this mould, dig deep and find a bit of grit. At the heart of their style is a pure passion to perform, backed by a hard work ethic and strong family values. And while AJ may have passed on her good genetics to GM, it's these pure values that define her beauty and have created the shine in GM's rising star. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed hearing this style story, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast and give it a rating to help other like-minded listeners find these stylish stories.